preach and people that you meet. And in 1 John, this issue divided the church. Uh, the false teachers, they left. And now these Christians, um, John wants to give them assurance and confidence. He wants to say, you guys are true Christians, and this is how you can tell. Uh, in this passage, John gives two tests to encourage these Christians. The first is the truth test, or you might want to call it the spirit test or the doctrinal test. It's verses 1 to 6. And the second is the love test or the social one another test, verses 7 to 12. And then John puts all these themes together in verses 13 to 16. So how does this passage affect us today? Well, I said before that uh, these false teachings in John's time, they're still around today. But I think more importantly, uh, I think the two issues that John talks about in this passage, they're really big buzzwords in the church today. Spirit and love. Christians talk about these all the time, sometimes in helpful ways, but other times in more unhelpful ways. And while we won't have uh, time to put all the details together, hopefully we can see from this passage uh, what it says about these topics for us today. So we're going to look at the first test that John gives. It's the truth test. So have a look with me at verse 1. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, John's just mentioned uh, the spirit at the end of chapter 3. And now in chapter 4, he builds on this topic. You see, we need to be discerning about what we believe. There's true stuff floating around, and there's also untrue stuff floating around. And we need to think about whether it's from God or not. Not just to blindly believe, not just to be gullible Christians. You see, these false teachers in John's context, they were probably backing up their teachings and claims by saying, the Lord told me this, or the Spirit told me this. And it's really easy for Christians just to simply believe them without thinking or asking if it's from God or if it's from somewhere else. But John says, don't believe it all, but test the spirits, test the teachings to see whether it's from God, because there's false prophets in the world. This world where everyone is against God and hostile to God, that's how John uses world in his writings. Uh, in verses 2 and 3, John gives the first test. Have a look. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and, in, and even now is already in the world. Uh, these false teachers of the time, they had a mysterious, internal, subjective, experiential approach to knowing God. It was all about secret knowledge. This is how you find God and experience salvation. And you find similar approaches in the church today. These false teachers, they thought differently about Jesus. They believed that Jesus wasn't fully man. But we believe that Jesus came in flesh to bear our sins, to take our sins on the cross. 
And that's the big giveaway. That's the truth test that John gives. A spirit, a teaching that's from God, he will affirm that Jesus has come in the flesh. And these false teachers, they're not from God. They're against Christ. They're part of the world that's against and hostile to God. You see, John gives this particular truth test as a response to the false teaching of the time because this teaching denied the gospel truth of Christ's incarnation. And while this truth test, it will weed out many false teachings and spirits, John's test isn't the silver bullet test. You see, Mormons, J-Doves, Muslims, they could pass this test. But does that mean that they're one of us and we're all the same? Of course not. You see, John's truth test reflected the gospel error of the time. And as we think about today, God wants us also to be discerning. Uh, and our truth tests should reflect the gospel errors of our time. Uh, here's some truth tests that I think are prevalent today. Do they believe that Jesus is the only way to God? There's big seller authors uh, with books in Kurong that can't even testify to this truth. Do they believe that Jesus is God's ultimate and final revelation? People come and go claiming that God has revealed stuff to them that goes beyond the Bible, beyond the gospel. Do they believe that Jesus is God? That's the big difference between Christians and every other major faith. John wanted his readers to be aware, to take a stand and to be assured of what they believe. And God wants us to do likewise today, to be true Christians. We need to be discerning, to know, and to be assured of what we believe, to know what's of God and what's of the world. And these may be some of the truth tests today against the gospel errors in our world today. Just like John's truth test was against the teachings of his day. And John's readers also, uh, they could be assured that these people that divided and left the church, they're not of God. They're false teachers who fail the truth test. Here's how John assures them. Have a look at verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. See, this test, it proves to John's readers that they were true Christians. They can be assured and confident that they're from God, no matter what these false teachers were claiming or teaching. The church, they stood firm and they overcame this heresy. And it's because God's spirit is truly in them. It's proved by the test. You see, God's spirit testifies to Jesus. It points us to the gospel. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. And John's readers, they knew Jesus because God's spirit was at work. And God's spirit is greater than the spirit of the world because Jesus has risen, God is victorious, and Satan is defeated. Verse 5 and 6, they wrap up this truth test. It says, They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. It's come to my attention uh, over the years that I have a slight tendency, just a slight tendency, towards sports and food illustrations. It's just who I am. 
and those who like sports and food, you guys love this. Some of you even look forward to this. You come to me and go, I'm looking forward to your sports illustration today. But some of you, you probably hate this. You probably tune out and whisper, not another Josh Tan food story. If, you, if you're from a sporting background, uh, you'll speak sport, and sport people will listen to you. Uh, whatever it is, you'll speak that, and like-minded people will listen to you. And this is what John says about God and these worldly teachers. If you're from the world, you're going to speak worldly-oriented stuff. And who's going to be the audience? Who's going to be the listeners? The world, of course. These false teachers, they're from the world. They speak worldly stuff. And look who's listening, the world. Verse 6, uh, if we have a look, John speaks in contrast about true teaching. Uh, from him and writings in the New Testament, he says, We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This verse could sound pretty arrogant, but I think John's trying to say this. He's trying to say, we saw Jesus. We were with him. We witnessed his deeds and heard his teachings. We eyeballed Jesus. We touched him. We even smelt him. We know Jesus. We know God. We're teachers from God. And that's why people who know God listen to us. You see, the world listens to teachers from the world. But guess who's listening to us? People who know God. Think about it today. The Gospels, the New Testament, the Bible, these teachings are from God. So who's going to listen to this teaching? People who know God. If we truly know God, we will listen to them. So do you listen to Bible teaching? Sure, you're all here this morning, but do you actually like opening up the Bible? Sure, sometimes it's hard work, but do you actually like opening up the Bible? Because if you don't, maybe you don't really know God, and you need to figure that question out. Do you know God? Because John's all about knowing God. That's what his gospel is about. That's what his letters are about, knowing God. And that's why he gives us this truth test in verses 1 to 6. John really wants us to know God, to be a true Christian, not to be fooled by some false teaching. Uh, I don't know about you, but maybe you've been fooled by some false teaching or confused or uncertain about what you believe. Or maybe you come to church and you just really don't care about truth. But knowing what is true is vital, it's crucial, it's so important. It's what we believe. And that's why John gives us this truth test, this spirit doctrinal test. You see, John wants us to know God. And we can only know God through a right teaching and understanding of the gospel. And it's a gospel, not not some mystical experience or secret knowledge. It's not subjective. It's truth centered on the unchanging message of Jesus, the God-man. That's the truth test. Now we move on to the second test. It's the love test uh, from verses 7 to 12. Love is the second buzzword that John talks about here. It's a word that we throw around, uh, and we 
use it to mean different things. It could be romantic love. It could be just being nice to someone. It could be a feeling, an emotion, an action. But as we look at this passage, uh, let's build up the definition of love as John explains it. If you remember from the past few weeks, uh, John's already talked about love. In chapter 2, love is an evidence of fellowship with God. Chapter 3, love is an evidence of our sonship with God, that we belong to God. And now in chapter 4, John reveals the source of love. And the test is in verse 7 and 8, if you have a look. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. You see, if we love others, it shows that we know God. But if we don't love, it shows that we don't know God. Why? Because God is love. Now, this isn't saying that God is equal to love or God's essence is love. Uh, Don Carson gives uh, an illustration to explain this. Uh, I really liked it, and you'll see why soon. He was talking about KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now you see why I like it. When KFC first opened up in the States, uh, it was really popular. It was really famous because of Colonel Sanders' mix of 11 herbs and spices that made it finger-licking good. It was so famous uh, that people began to make this comment. Colonel Sanders is KFC. Now, it's not saying that Colonel Sanders is a fried chicken but it's saying that KFC is so synonymous, it's so closely linked with Colonel Sanders that there's no KFC apart from Colonel Sanders. You see, Colonel Sanders defines KFC. He's the source, the origin of KFC. So God is love. There is no love apart from God. God defines love, not us. He's the source of love. He's the origin of love. And if we know God, if we're born of God, who's the origin and the source of love, then we'll also love as a result. Here we find another pot shot at the false teachers. It's not about secret knowledge or mystical experience. See, if they love one another, that's another way you can tell if they know God. That's from the love test. That's the love test. Now John moves uh, from the source to the manifestation or the definition, the action of love, verses 9 and 10. It says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How did God show his love? You see, God's love is demonstrated in the gospel, in the saving message of Jesus. Firstly, he sent his one and only son, his unique, beloved son, that we might live. It was costly. That's the love that God shows us. I don't know about you, but I think when we love, uh, we often love others to a certain limit or extent, depending on who it is. If they're close, you love them more. But if you don't like them, you only love them this much. But God goes all the way. 
That's how he demonstrates his love. It's costly. It goes all the way. Secondly, it's not that uh, we love God, but that he loved us. We often wait till someone initiates, and then we love in return, only if they'd love me first. But we read here that God initiates when we were helpless, rebellious, undeserving. God initiates. He loved us. John Stott says, God loved us not because we're lovable, but because he is love. And thirdly, God's love is demonstrated in an atoning sacrifice. He didn't send Jesus just because, just because he felt like it, just to be an example. You see, God's love actually achieved something great. You see, Jesus was sent as an atoning sacrifice. This means that Jesus was sent by God to be a sacrifice to remove our sin, our sin that separates us from God our sin that stains us and condemns us to death. God's love means that our sin has been taken away by the sacrifice of Jesus. That's God's love. That's how God defines and demonstrates love. It's costly, it's undeserved, and it brings us to God. I think in the church today, we prefer to settle with a lesser meaning of love. It's just about loving others or loving people that we like, and that's it. It's just about being nice to people, about giving people a fair go or making a positive influence. Well, that's all well and good, but it can fall short of how God defines love. You see, we need to do all those things and more, but it has to be in response to how God has loved us. That's what verse 11 and 12 reminds us of with this love test. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. True Christian love, it's in response to God's love. It's a costly, undeserved, saving love. And when we know, when we understand this love, then we will truly love one another. No one has ever seen God. His spirit is invisible. But if and when we do love each other, it's evidence, evidence that God is within us. That's the love test. And God's love is made complete in us. It's not saying that God's love is deficient until we love one another. It means that God's love is fully realized when we love one another. The cycle is complete, and people see God through us. God's invisible. So how do your friends see God? How does your family see God? How do your workmates see God? Well, it's through the way that his people, us, reflect his love. To each other. I spoke at a young adults camp at my friend's church a few weeks ago. Uh, my best friend was saved through this church fellowship. Uh, in fact, I know that 10, 20, maybe even 30 people have come to Christ through this fellowship over the past few years. And I always think about it, and I ask myself, do you know why? It's because this fellowship, uh, these guys, they 
truly love one another. It's so obvious when I see them, when I'm around them. And this fellowship, this loving one another, it points people to God. And I wonder, can we say that about our fellowship, about our church? Are people seeing God's love through us? That's the love test. You see, if we love one another, it shows that we know God. But if we don't love, it shows that we don't know God. So do we know God? Do you know God? What does your love for others say about your relationship with God, your understanding of God's love? I think it'd be really easy for us to nod and agree and tip our hats to all this, but for nothing to change in uh, how we fellowship at church. So let me challenge you. If you say and believe you know God, let's see that practiced and demonstrated in the life of our church. Let's begin today, even right after today's service. Go talk to someone you don't know or you haven't talked to for a while. I was actually challenged from last week's sermon, from Daryl. Last uh, Sunday night, I met someone that I didn't know. We chatted and I ended up giving him a lift home. If you, if you really say and believe that you know God, love one another, go talk to someone. If you have an issue with someone, a beef with someone, if you really claim to know God, go pray about it, bring it to God, and go talk to them and figure it out. Have that hard conversation. God's love is costly, it's undeserved, it's initiative, it's sacrificial. That's the true Christian love that we show to one another. If you know someone in need, go ask if you can help them. If you see someone alone, go and talk to them, introduce them to your friends, your group. God is love. And if and we love one another in response to his love for us, demonstrated in Christ. That's what it means to be a true Christian. And when we do love one another, we make God known. We make his love known to each other, to those around us. You see, the gospel turns with the love of God. We're saved by God's love. And we declare the gospel by reflecting his love. John finishes this section uh, with an assurance to his readers, and it's an assurance to us too. Uh, we won't be able to go through all of it in detail, but hopefully you get the gist of it. Uh, John, he pushes all these themes in this passage together. He repeats them again to assure his readers that God lives in them. Because, remember, these false teachers, um, they were saying, what you have isn't enough. You need to know this to know God. This is how you get in touch with God. But the fact is that God already lives in them and them in God. And if we are true Christians, God already lives in us and we in him. Despite what anyone else says, we do know God. How do we know? Verse 13, we have the Holy Spirit who testifies to Jesus, who points to him. Verse 14, we Hold on to the eyewitness accounts, John, the Gospels, God's Word. We hold on to these things that testify to Jesus. Verse 15, we acknowledge the Gospel message that Jesus is the Son of God. 
and verse 16, we live in love for one another. In this passage, John says, if you can say amen to all those things, you can be assured, you can be confident that you're a true Christian, that you know God. So don't listen to all those false teachers that are trying to undermine your faith. Be assured that God lives in you. So just to summarize this passage before we finish, John gives the truth test, the first test. He really wants us to know God. So do you know him? Are you clear on the gospel? Is there some teaching that you need to be more discerning about or thoughtful about? Do you need to care more about truth, about a right knowledge of God? John also gives the love test. God is love, and we love one another in response to his love for us. That's what it means to be a true Christian. So let's practice loving one another in our fellowship, loving the way that God loves us, a costly, undeserved, initiating, and sacrificial love so that his love may be made complete in us and others will be able to see Christ through us. So let's pray to that end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've revealed yourself to us, that you love us, and that in your love for us, you sent your only son, Jesus, as a sacrifice for our sins, that we can know you and have a right relationship with you. We pray, Lord, that you help us to be a church and a fellowship that reflects your love, that we will love one another in response to the way that you've loved us in Christ, that our love may be evidence to others that we do know you. Help us, Lord, uh, to also be discerning about truth and error in what we believe about you. Help us to care about understanding the truths of your word and guard us against those who might be bringing false teaching in our fellowship. Lord, we thank you for the assurance that we do know you and that you have indeed revealed yourself to us in Christ. Remind us, stir us, challenge us, Lord, to love one another. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.